The date is Sunday, 10 June, 1883. The master is sitting in his room at Dakshineswa with devotees Rakal, M, Latte, Kishori, Ramlal, Hazra, and others. But one cannot achieve anything through laziness and procrastination, the Master said. People who desire worldly enjoyment say about spiritual progress, well, it will all happen in time. We shall realize the Supreme some other time or other. I said to Keshap Sen, when a father sees that his son is becoming restless for his inheritance, he gives him his share of the property even three years before the legal time. A mother keeps on cooking while the baby is in bed sucking on its toy. But when it throws the toy away and cries for her, she puts down the rice pot and takes the baby in her arms and nurses it. I said all this to Keshab, the master said. It is said Kali Yuga, if a man can weep for the Supreme one day and one night, he sees him. Feel piqued at the Supreme and say to him, you have created me and now you must reveal yourself to me. Whether you live in the world or elsewhere, fix your mind on the Supreme. The mind is soaked in worldliness, may be compared to a wet matchstick. It won't get a spark, however you may rub it. Ekalavya, the, the character from the epic Mahabharata, placed a clay image of Drona, his teacher, in front of him and thus learnt archery. The ignorant are like people living in a house with clay walls. There is very little light inside and they cannot see outside at all. But those who entered the world after attaining knowledge of the Supreme are like people living in a house made of glass. For them, both inside and outside are light. They can see things outside as well as inside. And that's the name of the talk. God is both within and without. That which is Brahman or Brahman is also the primal energy. Once a king asked a yogi to impart knowledge to him in one word. And the yogi said, all right, you will get knowledge in one word. After a while, the magician came to the king. The king saw the magician moving two of his fingers rapidly and heard him exclaim, behold, O king, behold. The king looked at him amazed when, after a few minutes, he saw the two fingers becoming one. The magician moved that one finger rapidly and said, behold, O king, behold. The implication of the story is that the primal energy at first appears to be two, but after attaining knowledge of the Brahman, one does not see the two. Then there is no differentiation. It is one without a second, Advaita, non-duality. The master was very happy to see, the music, uh, see a musician who had come with the devotees from Bulgaria. 
Sometime before Ramakrishna had gone into an ecstatic mood, hearing his devotional music. At the master's request, the musicians sang a few songs, one of which was described as the awakening of the Kundalini and the six centers. Awake, mother, awake. How long thou hast been asleep. In the lotus of the Muladhara, fulfill the secret function, mother. Rise to the thousand-petaled lotus within the head, where mighty Shiva has his dwelling. Swiftly pierce the six lotuses. Take away my grief, O essence of consciousness. The master continued, the song speaks of the Kundalini's passing through the six centers. The Supreme is both within and without. From within, he creates the various states of mind. After passing through the six centers, the Jiva goes beyond the realm of Maya and becomes united with the Supreme Soul. This is the vision of Brahman, O God. Diving into meditation and spiritual life by Swami Yadaswarananda, first published in 1979, the Swami offers these pearls. We should begin with the knowledge of the soul's eternal relationship with the eternal God. There are ever distinct, but ever connected. We should begin with the knowledge of the soul's eternal relationship with the eternal God. They are ever in union, yet owing to this, the impurity of our mind, we become attached to the Lord's creation, but not to him. A great Western psychologist seeing the ways of ordinary religious people once remarked, people do not want God. They only want to use God. They want to pray to God so that he may fulfill all their desires. And if he goes, and if he does not grant their prayers, some become skeptical and say, oh, God does not exist. And even if he exists, he is deaf, he is blind, he does not respond. That kind of childish conception of, of God is no good. We, you want only to have a good God who always showers on you all that you ask for, and as if he has no other task but to grant your boons. Bhagavan Sri Ramakrishna worshipped the Supreme Spirit first in the form of Kali, a representation of the cosmic power. The image of Kali is symbolic, but highly suggestive. And with one hand, she is creating, with another hand, she is protecting, and with a third hand, she is destroying, and with the fourth, she is holding a decapitated head. This is only a concrete representation of what the Upanishads speak of as the nature of Brahman. A son asked his, master, his father, Master, tell me about Brahman. And the father replied, realize that out of which all things come into being, by which all things live, and unto which all things go back, that is Brahman. We, in our bhakti scriptures, we call Brahman by various names like Kali and Nairana and Shiva. In Vedanta, we call it Ishvara, um, which 
means um, Shiva or the Supreme or Sat hyphen Shit hyphen Ananda, infinite existence, consciousness and bliss. He dwells in our souls as the soul of all souls. Again, we, are, we all dwell in him. We must feel it, at least his nearness. If we cannot feel his nearness, we should try to develop the consciousness that he is nearer than the nearest, dearer than the dearest. The Swami continues, but God is too vast for our conception. We are like small bubbles. The ocean is too big even for our conception. So what should we do? We find some mighty waves. Let us move towards them, attach ourselves to them. And through them, in course of time, we get an idea of the ocean itself. Similarly, we start our spiritual journey with one such mountain-like wave, our Ishtadavata, in Sanskrit means our cherished divinity. And we worship him or her, pray to him or her. And through all this, we come to have a higher consciousness and a broader um, conception of reality. The Ishta Devata tells us, look here, I may, I may be a mighty wave and you may be a small bubble, but all of us have got the infinite ocean behind us. When the proper time comes, he, she reveals to us the highest truth. She, he, she reveals that he, she is none other than the infinite spirit or the supreme. Thanks for that, Stafford. Thanks very much for giving the introduction. And we'll now invite Gayatri Panaji to give her talk. Om Tavakatham Ritam Tapta Jeevanam Paviridam Kalmashapaham Shravanamangalam Srimadatatam Puvigranantite Puridajana. O Lord, your words like nectar refresh the afflicted. Your words, which poets have sung in verses, vanquish the sins of the worldly. Blessed are they who hear of you, and blessed indeed are they who speak of you. How great is their reward. <clears throat> Today, we'll be dealing with chapter 16. We have been continuing, so we'll start chapter 16 today with the devotees at Dakshinesha. Sunday, December 9, 1883. Sri Ramashna was seated on a small couch in his room with other Manomohan, Raghal, M, Harish and other devotees. It was about two o'clock in the afternoon. The master was describing to them the exalted state of Sri Chaitanya. Master. Chaitanya experienced three states of mind. First, the conscious state, when his mind dwelt on the gross and the subtle. Second, the semi-conscious state, when his mind entered the causal body and was absorbed 
in the bliss of divine intoxication. Third, the inmost state when his mind was merged in the great cause. Sri Chaitanya was the one of the greatest exponents of divine love, the path of devotion, path of love for God. He lived in the 15th century <clears throat> and they say he was divine love incarnate. God taken a human form to spread the love of God. And he went through different states when he uh, he organized um, kirtan parties, singing, singing devotional songs. He led them himself singing and dancing in ecstasy. So that is why Sri Ramakrishna says Chaitanya experienced three states of mind. First, the conscious state, when his mind dwelt on the gross and the subtle body. The gross body is our physical body, and the subtle body consists of um, mind and intellect. <clears throat> the gross body is mind and the vital energies and sorry, the body and the vital energies and the subtle body consists of the mind and the intellect. So second state in the semi-conscious state when his mind entered the causal body and was absorbed in the bliss of divine intoxication. The causal body is when the consciousness is absorbed or covered by ignorance and as when as in the state of deep sleep and he was absorbed in divine intoxication and third the inmost state when his mind was merged in the great cause sri ramakrishna says that beyond the three states the waking dream and deep sleep there is the great cause the causal and the gross body the subtle body the causal body and the great cause and that in that state he is absorbed in one becoming one with the infinite then sri ramakrishna continues this agrees very well with the five koshas or sheets described in the vedanta you have to remember that sri ramakrishna is talking to the young devotees who are young disciples who have studied in Western, have got to a Western education, modern education, and they liked the Western philosophy and science. They like to discuss that. And often they thought that people following the path of devotion, like the followers of Chaitanya, it's all um, for not so bright people. We are all intelligent. Um, um, people with high reasoning power, so we don't like that. So Sri Ramakrishna is saying that, no, it is, he's explaining the different states of Chaitanya to show them that devotion to God is not just emotion. It's not just simple emotionalism. And pure love for God reach, uh, take you the same goal as the path of knowledge. And Sri Ramakrishna always describe the path of love mixed with, of course, mixed with knowledge. Jnana Misra Bhakti. 
for householders. He always said the Advaita is not for people who have got body consciousness, who are attached to the body, have, who are aware of body, that's, um, the Advaita is not the path for them. For them, it is Jnana Misra Bhakti, devotion mixed with knowledge. If without, if knowledge is not there, only devotion, it may, it may go down to mere sentimentalism. <clears throat> Often um, in towards the end of Sri Ramakrishna's life, we see um, Sri Ramakrishna used to sing and towards the end he could not dance, but he used to sing devotions, devotional songs and often devotees used to join. And some of them seeing his Sri Ramakrishna's ecstasy wanted to show themselves to be highly um, devotional, highly um, advanced. And they even practiced having these ecstasies, practice at home. So it was more of an acting and when some of the young disciples wanted to uh, have these ecstasies and Narendra, the leader of the young group, he took them to task. Do you think this is a progress in spiritual life? The real progress in spiritual life is developing a good character. This, this is, and so he pointed out to them how some of these devotees were practicing all these things and to and in the company of Sri Ramakrishna, they are showing off they, that they are having ecstasies. And they realized and the young disciples realized and they stuck to their spiritual practices as Sri Ramakrishna taught them. <clears throat> so here Sri Ramakrishna is telling, uh, wanting to in, instill into their mind that devotion is a genuine path, but it must, it is higher state, it is equal to, or it's on a par with the path of devotion, the path of knowledge. There's no much, not much difference. It's the same as Vedanta. And so he explains, this agrees very well with the five koshas or sheets described in the Vedanta. The gross body corresponds to the Annamaya koshya and the pranamaya kosha, the subtle body to the manomaya kosha and vijnanamaya kosha, and the causal body to the anandamaya kosha. The mahakarana, the great cause, is beyond the five sheets. When Chaitanya's mind merged in that, he would go into samadhi. This is called the nirvikalpa or jada samadhi. <clears throat> Vedanta describes the five koshas or five sheets. The gross body is Annamaya kosha and Pranamaya kosha. Annamaya kosha, the physical body product of Anna, Anna means generally means food. It, it's given by the, we, got, we get it from our parents and Annamaya Kosha, the, the physical sheath, lives on food, and when food is deprived, it dies. <clears throat> then comes the next sheath, Pranamaya Kosha, the vital sheath, the five vital energies, and the 
five organs of action or the organs of action means hands, feet, not exactly the outer organs that we see, but the energy centers in the brain controlling these or our organs. They form the pranamaya kosha. Are the, what are the five vital energies? They say prana, apana, vyana, udana, samana. These are the same prana, but given different names depending upon their function, like in breath, in, incoming breath, outgoing breath, like that. There is only one energy in the whole universe. In the physical universe, we see it as heat energy, light energy, electrical energy, magnetic energy, like or etc. And in the organic world, it is the prana or vital energy. But energy is only one. There is no not two different energies. <clears throat> and these two, the Annamaya Kosha and Pranamaya Kosha. The um, physical sheath and the vital sheath together form the gross body, or the, or the sorry, the first stage where Chaitanya's mind was. Then the subtle body, Manomaya Gosha and Vijnana Maya Gosha. Manomaya Gosha is the mental sheath. The organ of knowledge. That's again the brain centers concerned with um, sight, sound, etc. The five senses of all, um, organs of knowledge together with the mind form the manomaya kosha or the mental sheath. So often mind is considered as the sixth sense. And it is um, um, subtler than the pranamaya kosha. Pranamaya kosha is subtler than the um, annamaya kosha. Annamaya kosha and the gross body, the gross sheath, physical sheath is the grossest. Then come the pranamaya kosha completely um, encompassing it um, uh, and taking the same form. It is it um, <clears throat> filling it completely and it takes the same form. And then after Pranamaya Kosha, the next subtler one is the Manomaya Kosha, including the mind and the five senses of perception or the uh, five centers in the, in the brain. Then comes the Vijnana Maya Kosha, or the um, sheath of knowledge. It's intellect, the buddhi with its modifications, and the organs of knowledge form the Vijnana Maya Kosha, the knowledge sheath. Intellect alone has the capacity to weigh the pros and cons and come to a definite conclusion. The mind has um, got the ability to cognize will and doubt, but mind cannot come to a conclusion, definite conclusion. Mind cannot um, discriminate, reason, and determine. No, the mind cannot do, the, do that. Only the buddhi does that. The buddhi or the um, intellect reasons and determines. Both mind and buddhi are part of or different states of what we call mandakarana, the inner organ. 
and buddhi is the closest to the atman and it reflects the light of atman give rise gives rise to the idea of i the i sense i am doing this i am doing that all comes in the buddhi so if the buddhi is not trained and then the buddhi will be following the promptings of the mind and the mind is attached to the senses and we will be in bondage more and more bondage and suffering as the katha upanishads the chariot imagery that we discussed on friday said if the buddhi is not alert the mind are not in health and a control then they as like the uncontrolled horses of the chariot the the journey and will end in disaster finally comes the anandamaya kosha the fifth one anandamaya kosha is the name given to ignorance or ajnana the happiness we enjoy in deep sleep is due to this ignorance so because of that we we enjoy happiness in deep sleeps be due to ignorance the name is given anandamaya kosha <clears throat> all this go subtle and i become more and more subtle as it goes anandamaya is anandamaya with the gross sheath is outermost pranamaya comes within filling it fully and also takes the same form then comes inside that manomaya kosha vijnanamaya kosha and finally anandamaya kosha each filling the preceding one the states of waking and dreams belong to vijnanamaya kosha but the atman because it's proximity identifying itself with the vijnanamaya kosha atman thinks that i am sleeping i am awake like that and also enjoys the joy and misery <clears throat> so shilamshan says here the gross body corresponds to the annamaya kosha and pranamaya kosha subtle body to the manomaya kosha and vijnanamaya kosha so when chaitanya in the conscious state his mind dwelt on the gross and the subtle body the anandamaya kosha in the semi conscious state when his mind entered the causal body that is the anandamaya kosha and was absorbed in the bliss of divine intoxication finally the third the innermost and his mind was merged in the great cause so that shri ramakrishna explains the mahakarana the great cause is beyond the five sheets when chaitanya's mind merged in it in that he would go into samadhi it's beyond all this uh, prakriti he is become one with that self and that is called its nirvikalpa samadhi or jada samadhi and then shri ramakrishna continues here while conscious of the outer world chaitanya sang the name of god that is when he was in the gross body 
gross and subtle body he sang the name of the lord while in the state of partial consciousness he danced with the devotees and while in the inmost state of consciousness he remained absorbed in samadhi so three as chaitanya experienced three states of consciousness he how he reacted at that time shri ramakrishna is explaining in the when he was in the state of out conscious of the outer world he sang the name sang devotional songs with the devotees sang the name of god while in state of partial consciousness he is danced and in the inmost state of consciousness he remained absorbed in samadhi like a dead object inert object then here is a comment from m the recorder m to himself is the master hinting at the different states of his own mind there is much similarity between chaitanya and the master we see that in many of the in the descriptions in the gospel where cc when devotees singing devotional songs shri ramakrishna joins them and then in the he loses consciousness not fully conscious of the outer world he stand sta, starts dancing with them then after some time he is fully unconscious or lost all outer consciousness and he remain like an inert thing either standing or sitting no movement at all <clears throat> many many instances we can see um how this is happening in once when he has already started his throat cancer one day shirankshana was singing like this and then the he reached the state third state of remaining absorbed in samadhi dr mahendralal saktar his physician who was sitting in front of him wanted to test he actually put his finger in shirankshana's eyes touching the eyeball but because the eyes were open he was just without any movement he was just seated there the doctor touched his eyes but there was no reaction if somebody touches a small speck of dust falls on on in our eyes how much we will be uh, trying to get it out here poking the eyeball with the finger but no reaction at all there was the mind has completely merged in the deep <coughs> consciousness in, in the mahakarana about here shri ramakrishna is describing so that's why m is wondering is the master hinting at the different states of his own mind there is much similarity between chaitanya and the master and so many devotees see, see that he is um, singing and dancing and they are often people are carried away just like in the case of chaitanya when he was singing and dancing in ecstasy the devotees around him were also taken up by that <clears throat> and they also will be singing and dancing and some of them as i said earlier may pretend to be in samadhi or some will be really having samadhi once after a lot of singing and dancing after all the devotees left 
the young disciple Sharath asked Sri Ramakrishna, today, who all really had ecstasy? He wanted to know because he saw so many of them rolling on the ground and shedding tears, laughing, weeping. That's, they, that's how they, their description goes on that the different signs of ecstasy. So some Sri Ramakrishna thought for a while and said, today only Latu and Yanga Naran had real ecstasy, some <clears throat> ecstasy or bhava. So though Sri Ramakrishna was absorbed in ecstasy and he is going in and out of Samadhi, still he was walking, having a keen uh, watch on all his devotees there and observing who is having real bhava or ecstasy and who is pretending. <clears throat> Master continued, Chaitanya is divine love incarnate. He came down to earth to teach people how to love God. Before Chaitanya and the Bhakti movement started, there was the resurgence of Advaita by Shankaracharya. But the high Advaita is not for is not suitable for all people. Ordinary people need something concrete. And I said after that, after Shankaracharya came Ramanija, and then so many other um, teachers came to show the path of devotion to God, which is easier for ordinary people. And Chaitanya is, is one of the greatest among them, you can say. So Sri Ramakrishna says, Chaitanya is divine love incarnate. They describe him as incarnation of Lord Krishna. He wanted to enjoy or he wanted to experience how the devotees love him. So he wanted to experience the love of the devotee for God himself. And he came in the form of Chaitanya, they say. And, and Chaitanya experienced all the forms of uh, states of um, divine love described in the devotional scriptures. When Sri Ramakrishna was passing through different states. Before Bhairavi Brahmani came, he had burning of the body, um, burning sensation all over the body and blood oozing from the pores of the skin. And when Bhairavi Brahmani, his teacher, heard about all this, he says, this is all the signs of Mahabhava, Prema, the highest and he, she describes, um, explains to him that Radha, the chief gopi in Vrindavan, experienced all these stages because of her intense devotion, intense love for Krishna. That is, uh, and, and further she says that Chaitanya, the divine love incarnate, he also experienced all these states. So this is 
the highest state of devotion to God. <clears throat> One achieves everything. If Sri Ramakrishna continues, one achieves everything when one loves God. Often people have the idea that devotion, the path of love is not great. The path of knowledge is the greatest. And especially Advaita, Advaita um, because of the reasoning, um, it is rational. So that's the greatest. Sri Ramakrishna says, if you want to realize God, you can take any path. One can achieve everything when one loves God. If real love of God will teach you, will take you to that supreme goal, to the, to the knowledge of Brahman itself, even, Sri Ramakrishna says, if God wants, he, he will give you the knowledge of Brahman itself. So love can but love, what is real love of God? That's the important thing. Real love of God is uh, quite different from what we ordinarily understand as devotion to God. We devotion to God by by devotion to God we mean often or praying to, um, praying to God, doing some rituals or going to the temple or church. But often those prayers are for some selfish ends. It's not for love of God. It's not because we love God that we pray, no, or we worship for gaining some personal or selfish ends. <clears throat> Actual real worship is internal and real love of God. You don't have to go to the temple, you can love. And love of God does not mean just um, loving God, loving, the, feeling the presence of God. The highest form, the highest state of love of God is where you see the presence of God in all. And whatever you are doing, you will be uh, worshiping God in and through all your actions. We have got the example of Brother Lawrence who found that whatever he was doing, he was praising God, he is worshiping God. He says, the time of business does not with me differ from the time of prayer. And in the noise and clutter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were upon my knees. <clears throat> Brother Lawrence was the cook in the monastery and he had a, a physical disability. He was limping. So when people ask for things, he cannot um, rush. He had difficulty in walking, but still he was never disturbed. He, that's why he says, I possess God in as great tranquility in the kitchen, in the midst of all this, as if I were upon my knee in the blessed sacrament. It's no difference. That is through practice, you can have the presence of God in everything, all time. And that is real love of God. <clears throat> because God, if you really realize, realize that God is everywhere, then there is no particular place, time, 
or situation there you will get you can pray you can pray everywhere always <clears throat> Shri Ramakrishna was standing on the road by the side of the Nahabat. He was on his way to the room, having come from the pine grove. He saw him seated on the veranda of the Nahabat, behind the fence, absorbed in meditation. Those of us who have seen the, been to Dakshinesia can actually picture this. Sri Ramakrishna standing by on the road by the side of the Nahabat after coming from the side of the pine grove past the Panchavati and he saw him seated on the veranda. Master, hello you there. You will get the results very soon. If you practice a little, then someone will come forward to help you. This is uh, Sri Ramakrishna is giving really a promise. If you practice a little, someone will come forward to help you. <clears throat> M looked up at the master startled. He remained seated on the floor. Master, the time is ripe for you. The mother bird does not break the shell of the egg until the right time arrives. What I told you is indeed your ideal. Sri Ramakrishna again mentioned M, his spiritual ideal. <clears throat> it is not necessary for all to practice great austerity. But I went through great suffering. I used to lie on the ground with my head resting on a mound for a pillow. I hardly noticed the passing of the days. I only called on God and wept, Oh Mother, Oh Mother. <clears throat> what Sri Ramakrishna is telling us here is, we don't have to practice hard austerities that he had done. But if we do some spiritual practices sincerely, earnestly, then someone will come forward to help you. That's what his idea He's telling. If you practice a little, then someone will come forward to help you. We have to practice spiritual discipline, but by our, by our own effort, we won't be able to realize God. We practice spiritual disciplines so that all the impurities of the heart are removed. And when we practice spiritual disciplines quite some time, earnestly, sincerely, then we realize that by our own effort, we won't be able to realize God. And then we surrender ourselves to God and pray for his grace because God can be realized only through his grace. And here Sri Ramakrishna is giving that assurance. If you practice a little, then someone will come forward to help you. God in the form of our spiritual guide will come and help us and take us forward. Sri Ramakrishna gave this assurance earlier, right in the beginning of the um, gospel we can see It was the fourth visit of M to Sri Ramakrishna. And Sri Ramakrishna, he was in the evening, it was late in the evening. It was time for him to take, go back home to Calcutta. But he wanted to hear 
more of Sri Ramakrishna's songs. He was singing, he was so much taken up by Sri Ramakrishna singing, so he asked, will there be any more singing today? Sri Ramakrishna said, no, not today, but I am going to Balaram's house to Calcutta, you come there. Yami agreed and left. He had reached the gate and then he thought something and came back. Sri Ramakrishna asked, what happened? Why did you come back? Or oh, the house that you asked me to go maybe belong to some rich man and they may not let me in, go in. Then Sri Ramakrishna says, why do you think like that? Just say that you want to meet me, somebody will take you, somebody will bring you in. See, all that's why we have to say, I want to see God. If, that, if the uh, desire is earnest, the longing is real, then the guru will come, the spiritual guide will come and take us towards God. By, but our, by our own effort, we won't be able to. Holy Mother says, God is not like a vegetable that or um, some, some, some product that you pay money and buy. It's not like that you have done so much of uh, japa and meditation that you, God should uh, reveal himself to you. That won't happen. We do all the spiritual practices. Then we come to know that by our own effort, we won't be able to realize him. It depends upon his grace. To realize that, we have to do the spiritual practice. So that's why here Sri Ramakrishna says, if you practice a little, then someone will come forward to help you. The time is ripe for you. See, he has been already practicing spiritual disciplines for quite some time. So he's saying, Master is saying, the time is ripe for you. The mother bird does not break the shell of the egg until the right time comes. <clears throat> Yam had been visiting Sri Ramakrishna for the past two years. Since he had been educated along English lines, he had acquired a fondness for Western philosophy and science and had liked to hear Keshav and other scholars lecture. Sri Ramakrishna would address him now and then as the Englishman because he was educated in the English way. English. <clears throat> Since coming to Sri Ramakrishna, M had lost all relish for lectures and for books written by English scholars. The only thing that appealed to him now was to see the master day and night and hear the words that fell from his blessed lips. M constantly dwelt on certain of Sri Ramakrishna's saying, the master had said, the vision of God is the only goal of human life. <clears throat> Sri Ramakrishna said again and again, the aim of human life is to realize God. That's the only aim. All the things that we do is on, of secondary. The main aim is to realize God. But we have to do, do all the other things in the world for our life. But always you have to keep the final aim in life is to realize God in and through. <clears throat> and that does not mean that you stop doing all of your daily duties, going to work, earning money, looking after the family. Because God is not outside the world. God is everywhere. In the Yoga Vasita, we see Sri Rama developed Indian's 
renunciation, sense of renunciation, longing, and he wanted to give up the world. Then Vasishta, the teacher, talks him out of it. He asks him, is the world outside God? The world is in, in the whole, the, when we say, this whole universe is pervaded by God, then there is nothing outside God. So whatever we do in this world for our daily life, is everything is an adoration of God. It's only, all we have to do is just a change, give a different uh, direction to our attitude. If we change the attitude, then all whatever we are doing, we can turn it into worship of God. And then we can keep the idea that vision of God is the only aim and work towards that. And Sri Ramakrishna again tells him, if you practice only a little, someone will come forward to tell you the right path.